0: This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, episode 237, The Periodic Table of Abundance. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. Welcome everyone to this week's episode with all the things that have changed in this world over the last several years. There are some things that don't change. One of which is conversations, the incredible conversations I get to have with clients all across the country. In all 50 states, we work with folks over the phone, over Zoom and other uh, virtual meetings to really discuss and to have those deep conversations about the overall financial goals and objectives that clients want to achieve in their life. Maybe it's sending their kids to college. Maybe it's starting that business, leaving the day job, maybe it's paying off the old credit cards or student loan debt. Uh, so it involves oftentimes long, deep conversations. And I love getting to have those meetings with folks because it really explores the depths of desire. And uh, I love the satisfaction of seeing a job accomplished. But it also involves gathering a huge stack of documents, you know, investment statements insurance contracts, profit and loss statements for their business, everything that has to do with one's financial life. Usually, along with that stack of paperwork or uploaded files that they might send to us, clients typically bring with them a few questions. And these questions are are asked quite candidly. Questions like, Mark, I feel like I'm making enough money, but I'm not sure it's all going into the right places. Or I'm not sure if I have the right mix of investments and assets. Or I don't know how much I should have in real estate versus investments or how I should use my money to pay down my debt instead of investing for the future. Or I don't know if my taxes are at the right rate for my income. Am I paying too much to the government or am I just paying what's normal for my age and what I make? And there were questions about profitability in their business. If overhead was too high or questions about their old insurance policies they've had lingering around for decades, how much should someone save versus how much should they spend? What about interest rates? on loans that they might have? What about taxes? What about liquidity? How much should they keep in their business checking account? What about their personal checking account? Are they keeping too much in cash? As you can tell, this can quickly become an overwhelming experience for many clients. And it's the general overwhelm and malaise that many people walk around with. The power and the courage that clients have uh, when they speak with me is that they're willing to talk about it and think about it. Most of us spend our entire life without ever addressing these questions. So I'm really proud of the courageous questions that get brought up in these conversations. But I realized over the years now that a lot of these questions that clients were asking fell into 12 general categories. And so we decided to take a look at that and think about it in terms of a periodic table of financial elements. Uh, we call it the periodic table of abundance. Now, each block in the periodic table was a different element in the physical universe, oxygen helium potassium iridium palladium silver aluminum boron you know the the full table of elements going clear back to science class each block in the periodic table of elements contains certain information and a a measure as to the weight of the element and some of its characteristics so as we were building this financial table of abundance We wanted there to be some sort of idea of how in a calculation to measure the quality of a given area of a person or a client's financial life. And just like the traditional periodic table of elements that we all learned in science class, the elements are arranged by group based on the type of questions that clients were asking us and are designed to address the complete picture of one's financial life. And the conversations we have with clients, are questions are built around these 12 financial elements And the advisors that work on our team are there to help guide people through those conversations and help monitor the ongoing process of each client. So at the end of the day, the elements uh, are a system that allow you to see your entire financial picture and understand which levers to pull to reach your financial objectives. And by setting up the Not Your Average Financial Community, uh, something we've set up now for exactly one year, it's our one year birthday, of our Not Your Average Financial Community, we've designed it around these 12 elements. And it allows me to have regular direct communication with all of our clients. We've got uh, such an incredible and diverse crowd of amazing revolutionary clients, but we wanted, and we noticed that many clients wanted more regular communication with me and our other associates. And so we believed that more was better. And so by putting together a daily communication habit on this online financial membership site, the Not Your Average Financial Community, that that would be better than just having one annual client meeting where we tried to tackle everything all at once with every client. That just seemed to be overwhelming for the clients and honestly for me as well. So this membership site is just part of what we offer our clients. But if you'd like to join the membership site, go to notyouraverage.mn.co. That's notyouraverage.mn.co. And by the way, it is free. Uh, So as you join, make sure to share what you can as your price. The only price we have is that you contribute and make it as good a community as possible. Now, throughout the year, we provide bite-sized questions, articles, guided feedback on the various elements that we're focused on for that given month. As it happens, there are 12 months in the year, and there are 12 elements to our periodic table of abundance. These daily engagements on the financial community, the Not Your Average Financial Community, allow us to break down the work of tackling and mastering your financial life in small incremental bites, and it accomplishes more throughout the course of a year. It also ensures that no part of your financial life is left untouched. At least once a year, you'll review your estate plan. You'll consider how much cash you have in liquid accounts. You'll update your investment strategy. You'll learn how to communicate with your loved ones about money. And you'll build a true financial team to help you reach your goals. For our clients, we bring up one of the elements at each of our six month reviews. So, not only are we speaking on a daily level on our membership site, the Not Your Average Financial Community, but we're also rotating through the elements every six months. We do a deep dive on one of the financial elements to make sure that the estate plan, for example, is being written and that we're actually taking action and we're doing the activity that actually accomplishes the goal we're setting up the investment allocations properly, we're setting up our insurance correctly. Financial planning is a process. It's not a one-time event and it should be driven by an advisor and a team of advisors already thinking about the answers before you even ask the questions. And that is the beauty of the elements framework. It's better for us as advisors and it's better for our clients. We've seen it be a game changer for our clients all over the country who are using this system. So I've teased it a few times in this episode, but I'd like to give you just a taste of the 12 elements. What are the essential elements of a financial life, or as I like to call it, the periodic table of abundance. Today, and for our time we have on our episode, I'm going to give you just three of the 12 elements that we'll cover this year on our Not Your Average Financial Community. If you want all 12, and more importantly, if you want the transformation that comes with this periodic table of abundance, become a member of our online community, or even better, become a client of Lake Growth Financial Services, and we will guide you through this process. So the first element in the periodic table of abundance is scale up, and we'll focus on this element in January. It's a time of year when we want to scale up. We get so tied down in the mundane day-to-day and other routine activities that it becomes virtually impossible to find the time to work on more important and strategic long-term goals. The goal of this element is to scale, to think 10x, to think beyond your current limitations, and to have a system that helps you do that. When you're focused on the day-to-day mundane routine activities, January is a great month to think bigger, to boldly go into new territory. And so for this month, our focus and our solution is something we like to call EADS. That's Eliminate, Automate, Delegate, and Scale. Now, the ability to simplify means to eliminate the unnecessary so that the necessary may come forward and speak. That's Sunil Sexina. And that quote has had an impact both on my time, on my attention, my energy, and on my money. Again, I'll say it again the ability to simplify means to eliminate the unnecessary so that the necessary may speak. If you said yes to every advertisement and commercial you heard on the radio or on TV or on the internet, you'd be broke. So you're already implementing the EADS model in your finances. Now, this month, in January is all about upping your game in the area of your finances. Here are a few examples. As we focus on eliminating, maybe it's finding a free program for your kids to attend after school rather than paying for that third soccer practice. When we focus on automating, could you set up an auto transfer to your bank on yourself type whole life policy to add more paid up additions to your policy without even thinking about it? As we focus on delegating, could you pay someone to mow your yard for $60 so you could earn $300 in your business? And finally, scale. Again, the goal of eliminate, automate, and delegate is so that you can scale up. That's the element that we're focused on in January. So what would it take to 10X your income? What could you do to 10X your savings? The next element in our periodic table of abundance is what we call the money team. Uh, It's about syncing up with your loved ones and your financial team. So let's talk about building your money team. I have a question for you. How well do you talk about money with those you care about the most? For some people talking about money and finance with those they love is easy and it flows naturally. Other people might have to go their entire lifetime and not know what their spouse has in their bank account or their 401k. Still other people are surprised when they get that sizable inheritance from their parents since outwardly the parents always seemed and appeared so frugal. What about talking with your own family members and your own children about money? Do your children know how much you have? Do your own children know how much money you make at your job? Whether they're still in diapers or they're living on their own, it's important to find ways to communicate appropriately about money with those you care about. I've unfortunately seen in my practice too many people who build wealth their entire lives and prepare all this money for their families, but they never got around to explaining the values and the principles they have and that they hope to pass on to their children, to their beneficiaries. So when the kids get all this money, they just spend it recklessly and against the values and wishes of the parents. Too many of us have prepared the money for our people, but we forget to prepare our people for our money. So the second element in our periodic table of abundance is discussing ways to prepare the people for the money. What could you do to sync up with your loved ones? Not just for your eventual passing away and leaving your estate for them, but even for the here and now, for the important projects of life. For example, how often do financial conversations spin out of control? into arguments in your household. How do you make big decisions and big purchases? How do you do it? Is it solo or do you sync up with your spouse? Is it over a certain dollar amount? Uh, We have one client, if if, if a price is over $250, they talk about it first. Others, it's a very different number. What about your spouse? Do they come home with a new car saying surprise (laughs) and a new car payment to boot? Or do you talk about it first? Do you share bills with your roommates or your spouse? How do you talk about it when tough times or windfalls come in? Where could you have an organized space in your home to keep all your financial documents where the decision makers, husband, wife, whatever, where the decision makers can easily get to them? Do your children participate with you in your budget meetings or do you hide money from your children? Do you have budget meetings at all? So that is the first component of this financial element. There is a second component, and that is you're syncing up with your financial professionals team. Second part of the element in our second month of the year focuses on how to talk to your financial team. How well do you communicate with your financial advisor, your accountant, your attorney? Do you have these members on your team? If you think you're not ready to have a financial team, think again. Even pee-wee football players need a team coach to help them get the ball down the field. So, my question with this element is who should you have on your team and who should not be on your team. Ask yourself what you're looking for in your financial partners. For example, do you need an accountant that specializes in real estate? Do you and your spouse both sync up with your financial planner on a emotional level on a connection level? Did your estate planning attorney clearly explain what needs to go into your trust? Do you have a team of trusted professionals on your side of the table or are they working for themselves? How do you talk to your financial professional to share your dreams, your goals, concerns, so that they are aligned with you toward your success? These are critical questions that we focus on in this second element in the periodic table of abundance. The third element, the last one we'll focus on today is liquidity, liquidity, challenges and opportunities in liquidity. Now, the goal of this element is to continually look at review and increase your liquidity at a specific rate and life as we know it could not survive without liquid water. Without regular access to liquid water, all life on earth would cease to exist. As we begin to send rovers to Mars and to the moon, the hunt for liquid water has become critical. I suspect liquid water will always be critical. In fact, there are two characteristics of water that are necessary for life as we know it. One water must be able to be stored. And two, water must be able to flow. So first, let's talk about how water must be stored. There must be an easy way to keep track of the water that you want to use in the future. Whether it's held in your glass next to your desk, or it's in your water tank in the basement, or a reservoir dam, water must be storable because it needs to be used on demand. The same is true with our money. Storing liquid cash safely is critical for the survival of your financial life. Without the ability to store liquid cash, all of your money would be tied up in assets that you could not get access to if you needed it. I'm thinking about IRAs, 401ks, your home, your real estate equity, brokerage accounts, and more. All of these require penalties to get access to penalties, taxes, third party approvals. Basically, it's freezing your money. So you can't touch it. Whether your stored money as it sits today could fill an eight ounce cup, or it could fill up the Hoover Dam, you must keep your money stored safely and build it without leaks in the system. So if you'll just allow me to take this analogy just a bit further, water will flow to its easiest path. Gravity will pull water through any crack, any crevice in your storehouse, and slowly it will drain that water far away. Similarly, cracks and leaks in your money storehouse will drain your money out of your hands, sending it to anyone else who's ready to hold it. So what are some ways in which your money can leak out of your storehouse? What about market volatility? Isn't that taking money out of your hands and putting it into the hands of someone who could buy a stock or your home from you uh, when due to an emergency, you're forced to sell it at a low price? When are you most likely going to be forced to sell something you want? Are you going to have to sell things when times are good or when times are bad? And what will the price be during bad times? Will the price be low or high? Probably low when markets are crashing is typically when we need to urgently sell, which is the worst time to sell stocks or real estate. So other cracks in the system. What about fees? The Employee Benefit Research Institute found that only half of 401k plan participants, most Americans that would be, even noticed that there were fees associated with their 401k packed into their 14 page disclosures that are baked into the typical employee documents. So let's say you're going to grow your money in the market for 35 years. And over that time, you get a 7% return. How much of your account value will be eaten up by fees? Well, according to the Department of Labor fees of only 1% per year can slash the value of your investments and 401k savings by 28% over the next 35 years, 28%. That's almost a third of your money gone to fees over your career. Now I get it. You might be saying, Mark, I hear you, save cash. Got it. But how much cash is too much? How much cash should you have liquid and available? Well, very likely it's more than you might imagine, more than you might think. Many people I talk with, virtually all their money is in assets that are not liquid and are full of risk. Imagine sort of an upside down pyramid. You have a very small triangle at the bottom of this upside down pyramid, which represents your safe and liquid money. And then all the additional wealth in your life, the house the 401k, the stock brokerage account, it's all illiquid and at risk. And an upside down pyramid looks a lot like a spinning top that's about to tumble down. What if instead you could build your financial life to look like a sized up pyramid built correctly from the ground up with a broad foundation with safe and liquid money at the bottom and built on top of that with more illiquid or more risky assets. If the top of the pyramid got blown away, The bottom foundation of your triangle, your financial triangle would be solid and secure. So how much should be in relatively safe and liquid money at the bottom of your pyramid? Well, how big of a pyramid do you want? I don't think it's an accident that 70% of the world's surface is covered in water. And I don't think it's an accident too, that roughly 70% of our human bodies are comprised of water. Is there something here that nature is telling us? Just like the percentage of water on the surface of the earth and the percentage of water in our human bodies, let me just ask you this bold question. What if 70% of your net worth was liquid and available for you? What could you do if you had 70% of your net worth in liquid contingency capital? How much greater opportunities could you take advantage of? What new investments could you pour money into? How many emergencies could you face down in confidence if 70% of your net worth was ready to rock and roll? So, this is not meant to be a specific recommendation. It's really more of an aspirational goal. More people have less than 5% of their net worth in liquid funds. So, if you're the only person sitting on 10 times as much liquid cash as the rest of the bunch, when opportunities arise, everyone else is going to be begging the bank for a loan and you're just sitting at the buyer's table, signing that deal. Okay, so again, water must be stored. That was the first piece. Second, water must flow. So we've determined that money must be safe in places that minimize leaks to others, but it cannot be so locked up that you can't access it. In short, we need the money to be stored. Yes, but we also need it to flow to you, not to other people. And you want it to flow at a rate in which you can control it. If you have to pay a tax or a toll or a penalty to access your money, was it really yours to begin with? Where you put your money will either allow it to flow to you or it will keep it in jail. Let me say that again. Where you put your money matters because wherever you put your money, it will either allow it to flow to you or it'll keep it in jail. And you need your money to be accessible, but again, I'll say not too accessible for all those major purchases, investments that you want to make in life. So what if your goal in the third month of our periodic table of abundance, what if your goal was to increase your savings rate 1% over the course of the month and do that again for once a quarter for the rest of the year. Very quickly, you'd see that your savings rate went up by 4% for that one year. Do it again next year and it's now up even more, 8%, 12%. If you could just increase your savings rate by 1% once a quarter, what an incredible transformation that would be in not too long a time. So my question here with uh, the third element is how much of your income are you able to do without? Maybe you have more money at the end of the month. Or unfortunately, maybe you've got more month at the end of your money, if you know what I mean. Regardless, all of us can take steps to increasing our savings rate, even if we're in debt, even if we have more month at the end of our money. As we move money toward liquid, safe, and predictable financial vehicles like bank on yourself type whole life policies and similar strategies that keep our options open, we'll be ready. We'll be open. Open for what? We'll be open for whatever life throws at us. It's the optionality of liquidity that compels us in this third financial element, the optionality of liquidity. It's, it's like the, the horizon of opportunity. When you've got a big bucket of money that flows to you without penalty and tax, it compels you to draw deeply from this well and to use it for opportunities and to cover emergencies. So in this third element, we ask questions like, what is your savings rate? You can do this by taking your total amount of dollars saved last year. I wouldn't include any investment contributions here, by the way, take your total amount of dollars saved last year, divide that by your total income last year to find your savings rate. Maybe it was 10%. Maybe it was 30%. Maybe it was just 3%. Whatever it is, great. Now you know, what can you do with this information? What can you do this month to increase that savings rate by at least 1%? So again, the formula there is take your total saved amount, minus whatever you've invested, divide it by your total income to get your savings rate. And by the way, I don't include investment contributions in that calculation, because investing is the top of the pyramid. And investing goes into financial products and strategies that can lose money and are not liquid. Saving is the money I cannot afford to lose, and is completely accessible to me for any purpose. So guys, as we wrap up this episode, I'll ask, are you up for this challenge? Maybe it's making dinners at home each night. Maybe it's keeping your tax refund rather than blowing it on a flat screen TV. Maybe it's researching savings vehicles that don't penalize you when you need access to capital or reviewing what you earned last year, what you saved last year, and just discovering your savings rate for the very first time. And finally, I'll ask with this goal and for really the entire year, I want to know, What else and who else can help you toward your goal? Goals are not meant to be achieved in isolation. Find the best mentor, guide, advisor you can, whether it's me and one of our associates or anyone that's in your circle of concern to help you with these 12 financial elements. If you'd like to explore the rest of these 12 elements, we've just given you a taste today. If you want to learn more about them, go to notyouraverage.mn.co. That's notyouraverage.mn.co. We have a page waiting for you there where you can ask to join our private membership group. It's off of the creepy walls of Facebook and it's right where you'd like to be for regular engagement with hundreds of other revolutionaries just like you. We have polls, questions, daily engagement, articles, podcasts, videos, live content where we're speaking and engaging with each other in regular ways. We have office hours. We have special guests coming in to speak to us about various topics on these elements of the financial universe. And more importantly, we'll have you uh, because it's always better when you're present with us. So I do encourage you, if this has sparked any ideas for you, come check out the rest of the 12 elements uh, at notyouraverage.mn.co. And we'll see you there. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your abundance, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting.